Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it just Fridays used to be a slow news day. There's so much going on, so much to talk about today, and got to a lot of it in that 2 o'clock hour. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss anything that happens here on the show, especially if you missed any of those conversations. And we kick off this hour with Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, who is just returning speaking of all the big news this week we talked a a lot about this yesterday the supreme court hearing um about trump being on the ballot colorado trying to remove him and uh jay ashcroft was there at that hearing and mr secretary really appreciate your time and uh sharing that experience with us today how are you i'm doing great i am uh uplifted by the fact that i think it's clear after that hearing that the Supreme Court is going to stop what Colorado and Maine wanted to do and make sure that the people are allowed to make their own decision. It's good to hear you say that. It was gonna, I was going to, that was going to be my first question. If you were optimistic or pessimistic, I will say that as we reported yesterday um, uh, about that case in the quotes that we were reading mm-hmm. from Supreme Court justices that were sort of critical of Colorado were not the quotes that we were reading were not from Amy Coney Barrett or, or Brett Kavanaugh. They were from Katenji Brown Jackson mm-hmm. and Elena Kagan. So, um, yeah, it, was it uh, did you get the feeling that even the most liberal justices on that court were, um, di- you know, were, were criticizing the legality of, of what Colorado is trying to do? Yeah, I think that uh, they realize the consequences and the chaos that would come if what Colorado and Maine did was allowed. It was really neat to be sitting in the courtroom and hear uh, four of the justices talk about the very things that I and 10 other secretaries of state had put in our brief to, to tell the court, hey, look, this is why the 14th Amendment isn't self-executing. This is why you can't do it or it will be chaos. And uh to have the chief justice talking about that uh, was really good. And that's why I went to try to make sure they understood how important it was that they make a decision quickly. And if they stop what was going on, so it wouldn't have further chaos. You know, as secretary of state, you can explain almost maybe better than anybody, how dangerous you're, as you're alluding to there, um, just illustrate for, for us how, how dangerous and chaotic it could be if if that Pandora's box is is opened and this this precedent was allowed to stand uh, when it comes to states and the presidential ballot. Well, if you're just letting and in some cases unelected bureaucrats who are helping to run elections decide who's allowed on that ballot or not, it's not that hard to conceive of the state of California suddenly deciding, you know, those congressional candidates that seem to be able to win as Republicans in certain areas. We're not going to let you on the ballot because you supported President Trump or you supported Israel or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and to see red states that would say, well, in Missouri, uh, red, you know, maybe Missouri says, you know what, uh, uh, Congresswoman Bush, you've supported things that were against our country. You've supported those people that are doing terrible things against our country. We're not going to let you go on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, that would happen. We've already seen. Uh, at least one congressman that they've been trying to do that to in another state. We've seen uh, a commissioner of a county out west that they already did it to. 
This is why we have to stop this. Yeah. Campaigns can campaign. They can be political. But the administration of our elections needs to be done fairly, and the people need to make the decision. When, if ever, is that line crossed that somebody should be a, you there should be a mechanism in place to remove somebody from a ballot is that is that is that line does that line exist and and how far away is it oh there are definitely times when people should be uh, removed from the ballot you know you should not uh you know there, there are concerns about whether or not you should be able to run for president if you're not uh, a natural born citizen yeah. because that's one of the the requirements if if you're 12 years old, you shouldn't be able to run for president in this, in this election because <laughs> you will not meet the constitutional requirement. Yeah. Um, but those are... A good point. The I mean, const- it's kind of already, already there, isn't it? How old you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those, yeah, that line is kind of already defined by the Constitution, and uh, sometimes we just need to to look at the laws and the bills that are on the books already, and a lot of these... These questions are answered. It's so yeah. It's not. It's that line is not. I don't like you. <laughs> it should be no. no. It is something that's really an evidentiary thing that someone has to weigh the evidence and make a judicial decision on. That shouldn't be a secretary of state or election authority. Mm. That's not a judge. Yeah. That should be done through the judicial process with all the trappings of uh, due process. You know. You, you don't do it willy-nilly with someone just saying, I don't like you, you're gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not just Colorado, of course. In, in fact, I've stopped even reporting on it because it's something like 35 states now that have some level of either uh, legislation being introduced or a lawsuit being filed uh, it, about removing Donald Trump from the ballot if this case goes the way that it, it appears to be going and uh, the the Supreme Court strikes down Colorado's ability to do this, does that end all of this madness mm. across the board in all of these 35 whatever states and we can now uh, move past this entire story across the country? I think it will. It depends on exactly how the Supreme Court writes their decision and exactly what they find. But among other things, they were not only antagonistic toward what Colorado was saying, but I think they were antagonistic toward the idea that a case like this was even before the Supreme Court. And I think that in their decision, they won't just say no to Colorado, but their decision will be such to say, don't come back with things like this. We should not be deciding things like this. I think they're going to point the finger to Congress and say that if Congress wants they are supposed to, under the 14th Amendment, uh, provide enabling legislation. But until they do, blame Congress. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do we do we have any uh, idea about when the the verdict will be handed down? How long we'll have to wait to get this thing wrapped up? Do you have any any idea on that? Well, there's no certainty, but I would really hope that we get a decision next week yeah. from the court. Uh, it could be Monday. That may be a little bit quick. But I believe the uh, the justices understand how important this is. There are elections going on right now. The campaigning has started. Uh, this can't be allowed to fester. A decision needs to be made. It needs to keep people on the ballot, and they need to come down strongly. Yeah. Talking to Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, uh, looking uh, switching over back to some of the business here in the state of Missouri. 
talking with various uh, Missouri representatives, lawmakers, and people in Jeff City over the course of this week. It it feels like hopefully some uh, uh, business they're they're getting back to business after the controversy and the various personal dramas involved with. Uh, parking spots and the like. Um, initiative petition obviously continues to dominate the conversation uh, when it comes to bills that need to be uh, addressed and advanced in, in Missouri. I know, Mr. Secretary, that has been something that you have been very passionate about and working towards. Um, are you are you feeling optimistic about something uh, being addressed in that area? Yeah, I know. Uh, when it comes to uh, to this legislative session and, and any other any anything else that is uh, particularly at the top of your mind right now when it comes to what's happening here in the state? Uh, You know, the only thing I get optimistic about with the legislature is that they are required by the Constitution to end early in May. Um, (laughs) I do hope that they will get something across the finish line. I'd I'd like to do, though, do a shout out to the the House. The House of Representatives has been working... um, they have been looking at legislation. They have been debating legislation. They've been going through the committee process. And um, really, they've been the adults in the room. And if the Senate acts more like the House, we'll be in good shape. Mr. Secretary, I did see a photo from this week whenever pro-Hamas protesters were up at Jefferson City. And it looked like from this photo, you were being attacked by some of these protesters. I'm wondering if you feel comfortable talking about that situation. You know, I, I hate to think that that happens in Jefferson City. It's a wonderful, boring town, I say, where I love to raise a family. But uh, unfortunately, I was trying to go to an event in support of the nation of Israel. And uh, there were protesters outside, which is their right to do their First Amendment. But unfortunately, as I tried to get into the doorway, they were blocking the doorway and then pushing and shoving me as I was trying to go in. And you know, one individual seemed to think that it would be a good idea to shove me to the ground, and wow. I thought it would be better if he hit the ground instead. <laughs> wow! Yeah, wow. that you know, it's Katie's been really uh, keeping an eye on these various protests that have been happening at the Capitol. Um, uh, is that is that becoming something that is is maybe not influencing but distracting, becoming a um, uh, a real problem for getting business done in Missouri. And I'm not uh, like you, uh, Mr. Secretary, I am 100% supportive and will fight for everybody's uh, right to legally protest. But uh, crossing the line like that is, is absolutely unacceptable. What, how much of an impact has that, has that maybe had recently in Jeff city? You know, I would say that for the vast majority of times when people come to the Capitol, you know, they get a little bit loud, but they don't cross the line. And, and, and the more we have people involved in government, I think that's good. Uh, elected officials are supposed to serve the people, and we're supposed to be public servants. So uh, luckily, I don't, I don't think that's going to be uh, something that continues and becomes the norm. Uh, we, we're not going to be like New York in those places, and I, I trust Jefferson City and the Jefferson City Police Department and prosecutors to be able to make sure that people are allowed to lawfully protest, but that also they're not uh, violating the law or attacking other people. 
That is Jay Ashcroft, the Secretary of State of the State of Missouri. Mr. Secretary, we will uh, let you get to your weekend. I hope you get a chance to enjoy it. Um, if you didn't hear, Steve Templeton just said it's going to stay at least kind of warm throughout the weekend, but then there's some possible snow heading our way on Monday morning. There's nothing like uh, St. Louis or Missouri weather where we can Missouri go from 70-degree <laughs> day on Friday to talking about snow on Monday morning. Uh, we'll hope to talk to you soon. In the meantime, if people want to keep up with everything that you are working on uh, in your uh, position as Secretary of State and also, of course, your uh, gubernatorial campaign, how can people learn more about everything that is going on, on with you? On the official side, sos.mo.gov or Missouri SOS on X, I guess it's called now, yeah. or on the unofficial side, at J. Ashcroft Mo on formerly known as Twitter and Ashcroft for Missouri com and Ashcroft for Missouri on Facebook. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, thanks as always for your time. Have a great weekend and hope to talk to you soon. Thanks very much. Go Chiefs. Go, yeah. Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Chiefs! Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. You know, that little kid that uh, dressed up in the chief costume, I think is now suing some of the networks there, or one of the yeah. networks that Good. actually wrote that story about yeah. him dressing up Good. and, you know, appropriation and all of that. I thought I thought I saw a headline where his parents are like, we're taking you to task now. So we, we can talk about this in a minute. We're going to get into a little Friday fun time um, here in just a moment. But I mentioned that I'm going to be traveling to Kansas City this on, on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday. Maggie has a gymnastics meet. It's going to be insane. Yeah. The Super Bowl is not in Kansas City, but I... I, uh, I will let you know. I would imagine that that city is going to be bonkers on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And I'm going to be right in the middle of all of it. Yeah, you For really a completely different go. reason. Yeah. <laughs> go, Maggie, go. There are tons of, it's it's funny, there are tons of uh, uh, of parents, apparently. Uh, Maggie and, and her coaches have, have told us because, you know, these meets, kids come from all over mm-hmm. the Midwest, of course, all over Missouri and... Uh, I guess some people are pretty hot that this uh, <laughs> that this meet is on. Is oh, like Super Bowl basically, Sunday! Basically, yeah, right during the Super Bowl or yep. the beginning. Of the Super Sorry, Bowl. you got your cell phone. <laughs> All these parents have got to go to the the meet. I don't. I'd rather watch a gymnastics meet than the Super Bowl personally. Yeah. I know that that makes me weird. I'll watch Usher's halftime show. <clears throat> All afterward. right. Uh, we're going to get into a little uh, Friday fun time. I do want to talk about the Disney situation with Elon Musk and Gina yeah. Carano. I mentioned this yesterday, and I know that you have dove in yes. to this case. Yeah. It is it is awesome, right? It's so cool. I mean, it is, it's wild, and it's important, but it's just, it's, it's awesome. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot that you, there's a lot there to unpack. Also... We may or may not tell Katie's Mardi Gras story because it's still <laughs> a haunting. It's you. not in the back of my mind; it's in the pit of my stomach. <laughs> yeah, it's haunting, <laughs> making me sick. It's haunting. Right. We could tell it; it's gross. We'll see what happens next on Colombo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. One more segment to go here before we head into the weekend. Normally, this is when we do some Friday fun time, and I do have a fun thing I want to talk about. 
Then I think we're going to talk about Katie's toenail. I'm not sure that that's fun. <laughs> Hope you get your lunch already. First, though, I mentioned this on uh, on the show yesterday briefly. Something that I am following, uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes just for the entertainment factor of it. Elon Musk is teaming up with Gina Carano to sue Disney. And the story is awesome. So Gina Carano, for people who don't know, I'll, I'll give the, I'll, the, the quick setup here. Gina Carano was a, a female MMA uh, uh, athlete and and actress. Mm-hmm. She was she had a role on the first season of The Mandalorian, which was wildly popular. It was it was literally what Disney Plus was originally anchored by. Yeah, when they released Disney Plus That's a because good point. Baby Yoda mm-hmm. and all of that was so popular, mm-hmm. right? And Gina Carano was a part of that, and Disney fired her. They claimed, um, you know, like that she was hard to work with and discrimination and like brought up a couple of old tweets of hers from the past that were if you have to do some you have to do some context bending to make them uh, seem discriminatory. Mm -hmm. And they fired her for that. But the real reason that's what they claim to fire her for. Mm -hmm. But. The real reason, at least the the real reason that what that has been alleged by Gina Carano and and other people that are familiar with the situation, is that at one point uh, Disney wanted everybody to it, it required all their uh, actors and actresses on various Disney shows to put their pronouns in their Twitter bio, and Gina Carano refused to do that and put her pronouns as. Like bit bop boop or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then that's what and that's what got her fired. And then they show all these things that other actors and actresses have posted and said and done in recent years and didn't get fired. So Elon Musk posted about a month ago, sort of out of the blue, that if anybody if if anybody in the past has been fired has lost their job. For something that they posted on this platform on Twitter, let us know. And if it if it, you were truly if it's real, if you were truly unjustly fired from your job for something you posted on Twitter, I'd like to offer legal mm-hmm. a, a legal defense mm-hmm. fund. And Gina Carano, jokingly, I mean, she was be, being serious. What she said was serious, but like didn't expect, yeah, like ha-ha. didn't really expect Elon Musk to sure. respond. Let alone back, you know. Let alone team up with her. Said, I think replied with a, I think I qualify. Yeah. And Elon Musk replied and said, you absolutely do. And now, after uh, uh, several weeks of behind the scenes discussions between the two, they've announced that they're suing Disney. Elon Musk is providing Gina Carano's legal uh, uh, representation to sue Disney over wrongful termination and defamation because when they fired her, they made, because she was a popular character on that show. So when they fired her, they had to explain it. So they basically just made up a whole bunch, you know, like just tried to paint her as this terrible, evil, bigoted, racist person. Mm -hmm. Yep. And which is uh, which is defaming her. Uh, she was a great character yeah. on that TV series. So this could get fun. 
<laughs> you know, it's interesting because I did I did watch a video about it, Tony, that you sent me. Yeah, and, and explaining, yeah, and that explain it. But I think what I found that's so interesting is that the guy he was a great storyteller. I can't remember his name, but. A lot of people, it seems, are backing Gina Carano more so than they were backing Disney. And I said that that was very enlightening and very mm-hmm. telling because who knows what their political ideology is? Who knows what they vote? All of that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters is that, that people truly sided with a, a, an unbalanced and unjust way that Disney went about this mm-hmm. by firing Gina Carano for saying things that were not they were not even in the realm of really negative they were not anything that were nitpicky or racist or bigoted at all they fired her for just the way she thought and her expressing what she thought about the world around her Meanwhile, and this is something that that video brought up. In a very conversational like we need to talk about Totally, She's always been conversational. But they didn't do that to the rest of the cast or the rest of the crew. And I think it was just very telling, especially watching this video about it, that so many people, and it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter what political aisle you espouse with and side with, you still, freedom of speech still matters. And it matters that it's applied equally. And I think people are so upset that it wasn't applied equally and it wasn't applied justifiably in this case. Mm-hmm. I just, it was really, it's really a great case. It is. It, 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 it could get like really saucy. Yeah. That's it can spicy. Get real, real. I mean, I'm excited because she seems like a very passive person. Mm-hmm. She seems like when you hear her speak and you read her tweets, she just seems like, I'm living my the best life that I can. So yep. for the, for her to pair up with Elon, it's going to be cool. Yeah, and and just like one example is the 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 main character. I can't think of the actor's name, but the Mandalorian, Pedro, Pedro yeah. Pascal, the guy who plays yeah. the Mandalorian, to put out a tweet in the time that you know between the time that she was fired, you know she was fired for something she posted on Twitter. He put out a tweet that showed. It, it was the 1800s. The biggest losers and villains of the 1800s were the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. The biggest losers, uh, villains of the 1900s were the Nazis. And the 2000s biggest is MAGA. And nobody said anything to him about that. Like nobody, yeah. he didn't go anywhere. Yeah. He was still the Mandalorian. Wrapping <laughs> MAGA into Nazi. E- equating them to the Confederacy and Nazis. It's crazy. And that was totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I can't wait. And if it gets if it gets saucy, we'll be talking about it. Yeah, for sure. Because anything is Elon- spiraling. Spiraling hard in Elon Musk. Has, I mean, it is his platform and he is trying to create that momentum. But Elon Musk has taken the place of Donald yeah. Trump on that platform. Yeah. yeah. He is like... I am rearing to go. I am ready to speak my mind. It is my business, and I will say Dropped what I want. Dropped the F-bomb against Bob Iger at that, at the, the, that oh event my. a few weeks ago, which was incredible. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. There's more. There's reports that, you know, Disney, rightfully so, gets a really, you know, a bad rap for how they've let woke uh, politics dominate how they run the company and the, and the movies that they've released. 
But there's reports out that there's a lot of Disney executives that have been that aren't on board with that, that have basically been silenced this whole time. But now they are sort of joining up and speaking out against, you know, like saying, like, look, there are people here at Disney that are fighting uh, against this. And I think that that has everything to do with why they announced all these freaking Toy Story yeah. 5, Frozen 3, yeah. Moana 2, Two. Mm-hmm. trying all to dropping. get some goodwill and and excitement built up about Disney because they know that all this bad stuff that could potentially expose them is right around the corner. Are they... Is the stink on Disney as bad <sighs> as the stink on Bud Light? Oh, that's a great question. Because Disney's going to make money no matter what. No one's going to stop going well, to Disney World. Yeah, but they well, but they have not stopped, but they are down. The movies are down. The, the parks are down. Like, they are... They've taken a hit. Uh, they've definitely taken a hit. I would say it's probably about equal. And it's like, and that's, and I'm saying it's bad because yeah. it's obviously been bad for Bud Light. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's about equal. There's a lot of stink. Just as bad for Disney. All right. I can't avoid it any longer. This weekend is Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. We were talking to Steve Templeton a few minutes ago about the weekend forecast and how it's still going to be. Um, not this warm, but like around 50 tomorrow and Sunday, and then it could get a little dicey on Monday, but it's still going to be dry and, and, and relatively warm this weekend. And I said, oh, that's good for the people going to Mardi Gras. And then Katie said, and then I said, Katie, did you go to Mardi, were you a Mardi Gras person? And you said that, oh yeah, I was. In fact, I danced so hard. Yes. I lost my big toenail. And I have to correct myself. It was both. Both big toenails? Yes. How does that happen? So, (laughs) Mardi Gras, as everybody knows, New Orleans, you can't get much better than New Orleans. But St. Louis does an incredible job at Mardi Gras. Is it still as big as it was back in the day? Huge. I have a best friend that lives in Soulard. She's been taking pictures of like the progression of the setup for this weekend. It's insanity. Still really big. I stopped going after COVID and I had, then I had a baby, so I'm definitely not going. Mm-hmm. But when I did go, you know, you go to the tents. You don't have to, but if you get the ticket, you go to the tent, it's warm, you get a private bathroom situation, you get unlimited drinks. The bathroom the is everything at Mardi Gras. It's worth, it's, it's worth the money. It's worth everything. So my friends and I used to get the tickets. We would sometimes go to the point or we would sometimes go to like, you know, there's a lot of house music kind of tent set up. And this one Mardi Gras, it was right before it was it was 2020, February 2020. So before S hit the fan mm-hmm. party and my brains out. I mean, we are going ham. It's me and my group of friends and David just going crazy. And so much so that like the next day I woke up and I was wearing these tight combat boots that I thought were going to be perfect. It was cold. These are I mean, they can take a hit. Easy dancing shoes. I thought they're going to be perfect. They can take a hit. They can take a hit. Wake up. Still have my shoes on. Because <laughs> why not? And my feet are killing me. And I take off the combat boots. The combat boots. boots are still on. Because I was dancing for 10 hours. I mean, you, I was dancing for legitimately 10 hours or standing up or walking, you know, whatever. But dancing, I was dancing my butt off. Take off the combat boots. I'm sorry, y'all, but you're going to have to hear this. Got two black toenails big toenails and I said to myself oh boy what is this now and the cause of it was because I was dancing so hard like my toes were hitting the combat boots so hard 
No one was stepping on my feet it just because I was dancing so much. And eventually it came to that time where there were no more. Oh. And that was the time that I said, I hung my your, like, beads up and I said, no more Mardi Gras. Dancing? Oh. I, well, Are your feet hurting? I was drunk as a skunk. I know, but you could still, no. still have nerves. No, my feet didn't hurt. I felt amazing. I felt like I was right no, in the nothing. cloud. And then when I woke up the next morning and my feet were felt like strapped to my, they were glued to my feet. I'm like, my feet are throbbing. How long throbbing. did it take for them to fall off? Uh, like two weeks. Oh, like two weeks. come on. Yeah, it was not cute. It was not no, cute. No, it's not cute. But I was already married at that time, so David just had to put up with it. It was not cute. <laughs> but it, long story short, I was a Mardi Gras girl. Have fun in Mardi Gras, folks. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> cute. So cute. Oh, yep. Okay. That's enough. We're out of here. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday at 2. Subscribe to the podcast. In the meantime, uh, we put the show out on basically every podcast platform. So subscribe to Columbo and Katie and keep it right here for the O'Reilly Report next. And the Tim Jones and Chris Arp Show at 4. Larry Connors USA at 6. And Rob Carter at 8. Thank you so much for listening to us here at News Talk STL.